Hey, welcome to After the Show, the BSM music podcast that isn't all it's cracked up to be. On the show today, I've got my friend Mark Holly, who fronts the band Black Foxes. Mark suffers from Crohn's disease, but don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom. We sit down today and have a chat to him about how he deals with his disease day to day and how he balances that with being a professional musician. It's pretty good. I find it quite, um, quite classic that you were in remissions the other day when, we were trying, when I was trying to figure out if we yeah. were going to do this or not. It's quite classic. I feel fucking great today, though. Yeah. It was a two-day absolute burnout fest, and I feel really good today. What is? I'm glad that I didn't do it yesterday because I would have been really useless. Yeah, it would have been slow and sluggish. <laughs> is it always the same when you have a remission? No, sometimes it can last weeks. Yeah. I just kind of felt that one was so heavy mm-hmm. and intense. It kind of felt like it would be out my system pretty quick. Right. And um, yeah, Kara came over, looked after me. Yeah. It was chill. Is nice. it? Is it always the same? Like. Symptom, not symptoms as in like the same outcome. You're saying that you were being quite violently ill and lots of blood. Um, no, normally it's like, normally it's just like a physical thing. It's like physically, like physical tiredness. Uh-huh. So like a lot of people I've talked to that have ME. Okay. They talk about their symptoms being, and it sounds very similar to what I have. Mm. It's just like, you can't leave bed. Your body is just so drained from energy. So actually this weekend was completely different. I've never... Well, I did one that's like back early doors for our blood, but this is the first time in years I've done that, so it's actually quite a new thing. Is does that um, you know how there would be issues where if you were on tour and you would be like straining your voice a lot, would your remissions then have that sort of symptoms, or is it is it just very much like you can't really predict? Yeah, you can't predict, and to be honest, like when we when we did that when we did the last tour, which was UK and Europe, that's mm. the longest I've ever been away. Um, that's sort of the healthiest I've ever lived because I wasn't smoking, I wasn't mm. drinking on tour unless it was like day off and it was pretty minimal. And we had a lot of beer yeah. to get through. And we had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture, sorry, just to cut in, I, saw a, I was looking at the photographs that I had the other day and I saw a picture of me and Ant in the back of the van at like in Calais with like six or seven bottles of rum around us and this is after me josh harry and Ant had like divvied up what we were going to take and put them out of the photo so it's just left over it was just like seven or eight bottles of rum it was just a picture of me and Ant holding two and then on the table there was just the selection it's just, i don't even know remember where those bottles that's went. just touring though like who is drinking all their rum drinking a probably bottle. a real band <laughs> not a hardcore band yeah also recently today watched that um, Crohn's uh, BBC doc that you did and that was was like two years ago really? yeah 2007 end of 2007 November 2007 because it was on the university 2017 that's the one (laughs) 2007 (laughs) 10 years ago Um, and I think like I don't want you to see think this is like a backwards compliment but like you looked unwell in that yeah. I think you look a lot more healthy now. Yeah. Maybe it was like... Well, I, I didn't have any hair then. That's true. Um, but also, just in general, I think I didn't, actually. Yeah, you yeah. looked like... I was watching it and I was like, damn, like, you look so thin. Yeah. Compared to, like, now. And maybe it's just because we haven't been in that... Maybe just because that's how it was a couple of years ago. I, however, look like an idiot with stupid long hair. I did actually. You know what? I saw something the other day of like a picture prop up with it, and you you were in it, 
And uh, your nice. hair, I can't remember your hair being that long. <laughs> it looks absolutely Everyone ridiculous. had short hair, Josh had short hair, all the band had short hair, and I looked like a stick of the dump. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't suit it at all either. Oh, I'm trying to grow it out now, I think. Um, <laughs> Do you think that between now, between then, 2017, and now, 2019, that much has changed in terms of treatment or diagnosis of Crohn's? Mm. Well, first off, it's interesting um, that you said, like, I looked so sick back then, because now's the sort of the thinnest I've ever been. Mm. It's, like, the skinniest I've ever been. But I think lifestyle changes have massively helped everything although like I did have this relapse last weekend and that was definitely from drinking too much smoking too much just being you know all of that contributed to it but just in general I think back when I was doing that BBC doc and especially just before I used to hate touring I used to hate you know I I wouldn't be able to do it because I was just so anxious and depressed Mm. all the time I couldn't balance that and that directly like fucked with my Crohn's like Mm. massively um so when I started having hypno, hypnotherapy and everything, I just became a lot more balanced. Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between two years ago and now is just finding what works for you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, back then as well, when we used to toy, I wouldn't have slept at all doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas now I sleep pretty good, yeah. you know? Like, just like little changes like that. Um, eating really healthy, going pretty much veggie mm-hmm. when I tour mm-hmm. has, is a big difference. You know, not having grease and just yeah. shit service station food yeah yeah that's like a big difference so um i don't know if there's any what was your question was like in terms of has there been any like difference in diagnosis or yeah do you feel like or have you noticed or obviously because you go to the hospital once every six weeks Mm -hmm. for your treatment do you notice if there has been any significant changes in treatments or diagnosis to your knowledge because obviously in the documentary you're talking to someone a girl who's 22 and she has only just discovered that she's got Crohn's. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering how, and you say that you went to the doctors because you feel like you had, you had cancer. Mm-hmm. Do you, how did you get to the position where you knew you needed to go to the doctors to get that diagnosis? Uh, to be honest, like mine was really brutal and it was to the point where I was genuinely surprised every day I was waking up. Yeah. And then when I actually went in and finally saw the consultant, because I was convinced, <coughs> you alluded to but I was convinced I had cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was young, I was like 20, 21, and the, all the things that were happening to me made no sense. I didn't know what Crohn's was, so the mm. only thing I did know was cancer, mm-hmm. you know, and it was mass weight loss, mm-hmm. like two and a half stone in, in a couple of weeks. Damn. Like the hair shedding, the blood constantly, mm-hmm. throwing up constantly, not being able to leave the house because I was so tired. So, yeah. Was that weight loss just through like excreting and not being able to eat yeah like nothing you can't keep anything in yeah and you don't want to eat like just not hungry just not hungry at all which is really unusual for me but i put it off for about two years like i had early onset symptoms Mm. a couple years before and then it got to the point where i just had to go to hospital yeah and my consultant that i saw at the time she was just like your inflammation levels uh in the blood so like i think at the time they were like some of the highest they'd ever seen in the uk they were Mm. just like fucking ridiculous like you know, I was an absolute idiot to leave it that long. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because the thing that I, whenever I talk about Crohn's or anything, and the thing that I'm really happy to talk about, it, it, the reason I'm really happy to talk about it all the time 
is because it's still such an unknown thing. Mm. And uh, when I was diagnosed back then, I, like I said, I, I was convinced I had cancer, so I refused to go to, to the hospital because I had no idea what this thing called Crohn's was. If I sort of saw it in the public eye a bit more or there were people that I knew or knew of, you know, if there was someone that had done a documentary on the BBC when I was 20 years old and he had this condition and I was just found out, that would have actually really helped yeah, me. Yeah. That's, the, that, that's the only reason I ever want to talk about it, but it's nuts how little... Uh, is still known about it and ultimately the treatments in this country is exactly the same as uh, I sort of knew back then. Nothing's yeah. really changed. Right, okay. Did you have like some sort of, um, like did you did you try and, you say you didn't really know what Crohn's was, did you try and like self-diagnose or do like the NHS online, like I've been throwing up blood and I am constantly tired. Oh yeah, you are, you're dead. Yeah, you're gonna yeah. die in two days if you don't sort this out. I think you know what I think I I think I might have, and I think it was either cancer or just go to hospital right now or something. And you're like, okay, probably just go do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I used to used to be terrified of of doctors. So yeah. now, obviously, having gone through all of that, I realise it's obvious. But like, the, just get straight in and get yeah, seen. It's the best you place know? to go. But at the time, it's you know, it's not that simple. I'd I at that time, I would rather have not known I was dying and just died <laughs> than known I was going to die and then died um, so yeah because there's no there doesn't seem to be any indications of a cure ever being found or it doesn't seem to be on the forefront of a lot of like NHS issues to mm. solve this out obviously it doesn't it doesn't from I mean my bare bones research this morning doesn't seem to indicate that a lot of people die from this uh not not directly from having crohn's but the complicate sorry not directly you won't just die necessarily from having crohn's disease mm. but the complications of having crohn's disease a lot of people die so right. that's surgery that's mm. you know com complications with like stoma or whatever yeah um but to my knowledge as far as i'm aware i don't i don't think it's like a huge do you do you find the like the concept of you, to my knowledge you haven't had surgery no do you, uh, do you does the concept of having to have surgery over this like sort of keep you up at night or does it does it is it a worry when you when you go into hospital mm. so it's funny actually I was talking to Kira about this literally yesterday so the one I'm I'm I mean, you know me, like I'm a very open and honest and vulnerable person most mm. of the time, but the one thing I'm not uh, vulnerable with is my Crohn's mm. in the sense that I will happily talk about it to people, but personally for myself, I really force my hand to do more than I should yeah. just to convince myself that I can be normal, Yeah, yeah. just to feel like I can do everything that any normal person could do and I'm not sort of being um, limited to what I can do in life by this illness. Yeah. I don't, I hate the fact I have it. I hate mm. the fact that it, it sometimes can dictate what I do. And days like um, Saturday and Sunday, so over the weekend, mm. really, they do terrify me because during those periods of time, I do feel incredibly weak and I do feel like, well, shit, is the next, what if, what if this happens in the future, but then it's, I need surgery. Mm. It's a real thing. I think 80% of people that have Crohn's disease will need surgery in their yeah. lives. So that's that's a real worry, you know. That's something. Love stats. Yeah, you go. Yeah, big panel stats. Yeah, it's probably completely wrong. No, I, just, I was I wrote I read that earlier today. Yeah. And like, uh, Sick. Uh, one one in four sufferers are sixteen, 
and the average age of someone with Crohn's is 29. And you've okay, just, you just turned 30. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that that has anything to do, like, genetically? Like, how the average age is so young and how people are being, like, people are, like, discovering that they have Crohn's such an early age is... I mean, I don't really have any thoughts. <laughs> but, I'm just wondering if that's if if there's like a, a genetical issue with our generation. Yeah, it's it's it is an interesting point because I can't remember the specific stat, but when I went through the whole thing with the BBC, I spoke mm. to a professional about it on some like talk sport thing or something. Right. Best place to talk about crimes. Exactly. Sport. Yeah, BBC Five. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Man United just miss you know chance to go into fifth, but let's talk about crimes. Mark Boyd, Mark Foxes, here he is. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like the, the the percentage that this disease is growing every year from people that are sixteen to sort of twenty five is crazy. Really, it's crazy. Right. I mean, he brought up a stat which I think was technically wrong, but it it wasn't far off being wrong. Yeah, with like from like the seventies and eighties and stuff, there was like barely anyone that had Crohn's. Mm. Like really, mm-hmm. now. It's just, it's so, it's becoming so common. And with what you were sort of saying, I think that's due to, no one really knows what causes it, but Mm. there's a few ideas. I think abuse of antibiotics, Mm -hmm. 100%, that would explain a lot for myself. Yeah, like uh, ruining the lining of your stomach. Yeah, and also your immune system. Like not letting your your body fight those things that it needed to fight early on, so it attacks itself. You say that because I remember probably the first tour we ever did, I think you probably went through like two or three packets of paracetamol. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not every day, but over like a couple of weeks. And yeah. obviously we had that five day, five days off after you had a flare. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it was a flare when we were in Newcastle. Uh, after that, yeah, well, I mean, that was full blown tonsillitis, but it's from Crohn's. Right, it's all okay. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just pound paracetamol mm-hmm. to try and get away with it, but it was actually probably causing you more yeah. damage than you think. So I don't touch paracetamol anymore. Right, okay. I don't touch, I don't touch antibiotics. Okay. Unless it's like I'm really dying. Yeah. Because, and this, was, this has been a decision only over the past sort of year. So, like you said on the first tour, it was very much like that. I wouldn't take. I wouldn't go on tour without having antibiotics on me. Yeah. Sometimes I would even take antibiotics before a tour, if, even if I was healthy, just mm. in case. It's crazy. That seems wild. Yeah. You're supposed to be there to help. I know. If you're ill, not to prevent being ill. But this is the background that I grew up in. Right. And I love my parents to bits, and yeah. they were incredible parents. But it was very much like if I was sick, it would be straight to the doctor's straight antibiotics. And back yeah. then, they would give you, you for anything. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but it would explain a lot because I have had a lot of antibiotics in my life. Yeah. The other thing is um, abuse of like alcohol, junk food. Yeah. Uh, I've always eaten pretty healthy, but going through uni phase and stuff, I definitely wasn't. And Everyone drunk a lot. Yeah. <laughs> drunk a lot. Um, so there's there's things that it could be that that explains the rise in young people. Yeah. It perfectly explains it. Uh, but the worry is, like you said earlier, like there just isn't really the funding or the sort of urgency mm. to get on top of this. Whereas it's becoming such an increasingly popular disease. It's That's worrying. Topic. It's yeah, everyone's got it now. Everyone man. loves it. It's just yeah. like beagles. I had crazy before it was cool, bro. <laughs> so. But like you were saying, it's like the constant like drinking and sort of self abuse that maybe 
it causes the early onsets of Crohn's that seems to run very parallel with what you do as a profession, i.e. being a musician, like the belief is that you're up all night. Party lifestyle. Party lifestyle, which I can tell, I can tell you know, people for a fact that it's, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> but was there an adjustment period from... Because you had the diners before the band started, mm-hmm. and then from the early onsets, it seemed to be like a, a thing that sort of motivated you to do as much as you can, to try and tour as much as possible. Did you feel like there was an adjustment period in learning how to be a professional musician with Crohn's? Yeah, and ultimately, early on, so I'm not well cycle, yeah. I was really forcing myself to do it, because yeah. I didn't... I didn't know that I could, but I knew that I had to tour and I had to do these things, but it was so unhealthy. When I look back on it, like, I mean, when we would first start touring and I'd be, we'd meet up in the van the next day, I'd be like, I got half an hour sleep. And yeah. it was like that for five days in a row. Yeah. I don't know how I did it. Like, honestly, it's like night and day compared to where I am now. Yeah. But like anything, it, maybe a bit of exposure therapy, maybe a bit of, um, just feel, just being okay with the fact I did actually have this thing, which took a few years. Mm. Um, it doesn't define you it's like it yeah. is you yeah. so you just have to get on with it yeah it was it was more like that and it was just sort of a wake up thing um, and now like touring when we went the last tour that we did so the Europe and UK one was the most healthiest I've been in so long yeah like a couple there, there is always going to be times having Crohn's where if there's like a brutal long drive or yeah. like you've done like four shows in a row where I crash out a bit you know mm-hmm. but I Wanna say we didn't cancel one show on that whole run. No shows got cancelled. Even after it, I ended up staying in Paris with a friend for like four days because I was just so sheer on <laughs> loving life. Yeah. That is crazy to me, the difference of that when I first started. Yeah. So I, I guess that's proved to myself that actually having this condition doesn't mean I cannot be a musician as professionally. Mm. In fact, if anything, like I tell everyone now, like I just wanna tour the whole time. Yeah. I wanna tour ten months of a year. Yeah. I can do it. I know I can. I yeah. know what works now. Yeah. And there are other musicians who have Crohn's who mm-hmm. seemingly go out and do it and it's not as you know, it's not as well documented as, as yourself, for instance. Yeah. Do you how does um how does it how does it affect your workflow? Because obviously now you're not in cycle. Has it affected your workflow? Have you had to work around it? Do you feel like it's easier when you're not touring to deal with it? I thought at the start it would be, but it's actually so much harder because those, like getting that fix, so drinking, smoking, doing those things that you I know are really, really detrimental to my condition. <laughs> There's no like, I don't have to answer to anything. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not touring. I don't, I'm not playing. I don't. Yeah. It's not work. Like all I'm doing is recording at the moment and writing. So I find myself it's like self sabotage. Yeah. Because I'm getting like really, really losing my mind just recording and writing. So actually, like I think touring is the healthiest I can possibly be with Crohn's, which right. is crazy. Yeah, it's completely opposite. Yeah. Considering a couple of years ago that was arguably the worst thing for you. Yeah. Exactly. But it's, it's like anything, man. It's balance. It's having that and then coming back and chilling for yeah. a few weeks, you know. It's it's being able to even it out. But this lifestyle, when it's on cycle and when I'm managing it, is the healthiest lifestyle I could imagine for having Crohn's. Whereas when it started, it just wasn't. Yeah. You know, when it started and I was trying to do the whole stay up all night, drink, 
it's just not sustainable. Watch UFC. Watch UFC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> drink tea and watch UFC. It's not sustainable for anyone, though. I don't understand it. I don't understand that mindset with people. I don't understand those tours. I mean, you've been on a, 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 you've been with a lot. You've been on a lot more tours than I have with different bands, um, but I haven't. I haven't ever really seen it working out well. What the tours that I've been on? Working out well tours? for people that have that sort of party mentality. And no, no, I don't think that is. I I think that's a common misconception with touring. Like everyone seems to think you go away and just you know party, but you you go and work. Yeah, and they tell you by. By like twelve o'clock at night, when everyone's packing out, I can't. I don't want to go and have a drink. I want to go to bed. Exactly. Because exactly. get up like twelve hours later, and you're on the road for six hours. Yeah. Like that's the last thing I want to do. It's interesting that you said um, this lifestyle. Do you find? Because I know a couple people with Crohn's, and they have you know wildly different uh-huh. lifestyles. Um, nine to five sort of people. Um, do you find that this lifestyle, as you call it, living with Crohn's and being a professional creative has taken a toll on your mental health do you feel like you it's it's your mental health has struggled more because of the lifestyle or because of the Crohn's or do you feel early on a hundred percent early on it was ruthless yeah and I'm you know I'm still dealing with bouts of depression and everything um, but that's mainly because for me if I'm stagnant in one thing for too long mm. I just flip yeah. like I can't deal with it like which is why Oh, oh dear. Spilled my tea. There Brilliant. Classic. I was wondering when that would happen. <laughs> oh, it's everywhere, Colin. Oh, no. It's all right. We can... Oh, we can, it's literally oh, everywhere. We can edit I'm this very out. very wet. No, keep it. <laughs> it's running into the... It's, the, it's running into the time. <laughs> um, okay, where was I? Uh, Lifestyle, depression. Yeah, so... Yeah, if, so if I am stagnant for too long, it just... I cannot deal with it. So mm. that's why actually... Um, like being a musician is the perfect perfect lifestyle really and there can be too much of one thing mm. but the touring the break the recording the break mm. the touring the break is perfect for mm. me like when I'm actually doing that yeah. it's absolutely perfect because um, you're on and you're off basically mm-hmm. you're working then you're not working mm-hmm. and I think I think personally the mind and your body is so is much more connected than people think so if you think you're getting ill you will begin yeah. to get ill uh-huh. like your body seems to almost give you like a placebo effect yeah to actually kick your immune system into it so do you feel that like do you feel similar like if you're feeling down about having this workload to do and you get stressed that it will sort of almost induce flare-ups yeah or? so that's so funny you say that because again like, like I was saying I was taking antibiotics because I was convinced I was going to be sick on mm. the tour that's the mentality I was going into with a yeah. tour. It's ridiculous. Mm. You're always gonna, you're always gonna get sick. Now, I think it was the moment where I realised like there's nothing I can do if I do get sick. Yeah. If that is the case, there's nothing I can do about it. But the worst thing I could possibly do is stress and tell myself that's gonna happen. Yeah. So just take every day as it comes. Yeah. And the moment that I got into that mentality, everything changed. Yeah. And that's why the last tour we did, not one, not one day off, not one missed show. That's amazing. That proves to me that I can do it. And that was the longest tour. And that was the longest one we've done. Yeah. Vocally, it's kind of hard. Like, you talk to any vocalists, mm. and the classic is like, you'll be three shows in, and you'll start being like, oh, my voice is feeling ropey. And yeah. then you, you get that sort of thought in there. And then you 
Yeah. Scratching your throat a little yeah. bit and then you can't sing. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, and then your voice goes. Yeah. And it goes because you told yourself it's going to go. Right. So that's the next battle for me. Okay. It's, uh, it's a vocal thing, but yeah. Do you find that that... I was trying to think about some shows earlier today when I was thinking about this and how everything seems to, like, your mind and your body and all this sort of stuff links together. And I was thinking of how... The, how the two times that I've seen it be the worst is either when you've had a panic attack or when you've like been exhausted and like your adrenaline can't keep up with the fact that your body's going through all this mm-hmm. this shit. Can you think of specific shows? Yeah, so uh, when you headline the dome, yeah, you seem to be like exhausted and obviously that's in the documentary and you've just, you were just going to or just being back from the doctors. Uh-huh. And you were just, like, trying to almost, like, force yourself to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe to prove that you... Maybe to prove that you could do it, or maybe to prove that, like, you couldn't do it for the sake of the documentary. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in that position where you've... Where you, where you felt pressured to perform, even if you're, like... Yeah, but it's only my own pressure. Right. So, yesterday, I should not have left... No, no the day before yesterday, I should not have left the house Mm. but I knew if I didn't even just walk to the shop or walk out to get coffee or something I would let it win yeah so there's many times and I remember that show there's no way I should have played that show yeah I was so sick (laughs) there's no way I should have um but it's like stubbornness with myself to be like if I the thing the way I look at it is if I cancel that show and I'm just laying in bed all day I'm yeah. going to hate myself yeah. and go I've let that win and then it brings on to the whole like mental health and issues. then it's going to become depressed right. you know and then yeah. I'm seeing all these people online just bummed out that we couldn't play and it's like I've let them down um, I always liked that though I always like obviously being like not liked that you didn't enjoy going to show didn't play shows or something because you were ill but I always enjoyed the it almost felt like this mysticism of being like when we would go on tour, I feel like I'm comfortable enough around you to tell you this now, but like, we'd have <laughs> tours where I'd be like, I wonder what show is going to be, is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I started like getting into my mind being like, I'd be fine if Birmingham was cancelled. <laughs> I don't like Birmingham. I'd be fine if that was cancelled. But then I started going, well, we'd be in Birmingham for two days, so yeah. maybe I don't want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one I, could th- I was thinking of was when we were in Berlin mm-hmm. and you had this like, I don't know what was going on in your head. I don't know if it was Crohn's. I don't know if it was, like, whatever. Because, obviously, mental health and physical health seems to be so connected. But, like, I'm sitting at merch, and you just have this almighty... Well, first of all, when I was watching it, I was like, Jesus Christ, he's giving it a go. Like, right. I, I, honestly, it's probably one of my favourite shows watching it. But then you bolt off stage, and then I find out that you're having, like, this almighty panic attack. Was that anything to do with like your body or your health or your or your, your mental side of things or was that just you know you're running a mill panic attack no so everyone seems to have every now and again um yeah i remember that really well one thing that you'll know about me is i will never drink on a show day mm-hmm. that was one of the only times i did so okay. me and you went out we, it wasn't like crazy heavy or anything we for oh, yeah. Anne and josh it, it was it was it was very yeah <laughs> uh, but for us you know it was me you tris in a nice bar, just enjoying ourselves, but I was definitely drunk. Yeah. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Definitely drunk, um, but probably got like an okay-ish night's sleep. No. No? No, we... Okay, I'm remembering it differently. Yeah, there was... 
side note, we'll get back to the reason why we were going on this, but we ended up calling Harry Bullis, TM Extraordinaire, oh, yeah. at like one thirty in the morning, two, 2 o'clock in the morning, being like, Harry, we need you to get out of bed and drive into the centre of Berlin to pick us up for an extraction. And then we were in the back of this van yelling a lot. <laughs> I remember it because I remember the hangover the next day and being... Oh, yeah, you were really bad, yeah. ...atrociously destroyed. And him, him being very cheekily reluctant, but also, like, I'm going to make your lives a little bit hell by driving around these corners, maybe a little bit too quick than I should be, just to get back. Well, I think I remember him saying, like, if it had just been you out, he was like, I'm not giving you a lift, but yeah. you were like, I'm with Mark. And he was like, oh, for fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. We can't let the talent down. <laughs> anyway, um, on stage, drank the night before. Yeah, so it's one of the first times I've ever done that, so uh, that's why I won't ever do that again. And it was very much like, it just hit. I think it was last song, because I think it was Joy, or if it wasn't, yeah. it was one where I wanted to make it the last song, you know? Yeah, it was It was right before the end of um, the... It was, it was the last song, The Sex. There was people banging on about encores and stuff after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just remember it just twigged, and it was, like, full-blown. Yeah. So that was... It was Crohn's, because it was, like... I physically just completely went, but then that turned into, like, a full-blown panic attack. And that... I just had to get... I just bolted. And that was the first time I had... Like I said, that tour was so chill for me yeah. in terms of that mental health and Crohn's that that was a bit scary because it was something that I hadn't experienced for a while. Mm. Um, but that was led on from drinking. Yeah. I just, yeah, I, I don't, I really hate playing shows yeah. when I'm hungover. It just does something. It's just hungover. Well, yeah. Regardless of what it is. Yeah, but it? your hangovers, Connor, they're <laughs> <laughs> not like normal people's. You were saying that drinking is a massive trigger for you. Mm. And everything that I've found so far about um, diagnosis, treatment, triggers is all like very individual to the person who has the disease. Mm-hmm. How did you get to the I guess it's just a lot of like trial and error in terms of like treatment, triggers, dealing with it. You just go for it. If it doesn't work, you kind of reassess what's gone bad yeah. and move on. Um, what is the treatment that you do? Uh, what the, like, it, the actual specific yeah. treatment. So it's something called infliximab, which yeah. is every six weeks. And it's like a, it's like an immune suppressant drug. It's it's in the same category as chemotherapy. Mm. So it's the same thing. So it's like on a, on an IV. Mm-hmm. And I I used to have to spend the whole day there, just intravenously, just getting it pumped through. But now I can have it in like an hour and a half, and I'm right. out. Um, it's an incredible drug. Like yeah. really, apart from this weekend, I'm just fully in remission the whole time. Yeah. This weekend was like a huge shock, but it was you know I'm out of that now, so it's fine. Um, but like any heavy drug, there's really shitty side effects, so mm. like hair loss, mm-hmm. and now that's affecting. You are speaking powder. to us with a full head of hair, though. So. No, but it's you know it's like alopecia. Yeah. It's like there's patches, and yeah. it could go the way that it went before. Yeah. Eyebrows are sort of doing their own little patchy susan things at the moment. Don't worry it's edgy, about it. so that's cool. <laughs> it's um, like when kids used to shave lines in their eyes yeah. at school. You've just gone one above that. <laughs> Your body's naturally doing it. Exactly. I'm sick as fuck, bro. Um, Literally. Uh, so yeah, the, the side effects are pretty heavy, but in terms of actually a drug that controls the Crohn's, it's, it's nuts. Yeah. Has there ever been any position that you, like, has there ever been any moments where the Crohn's has been almost like, like, like something that's been quite funny? Have you ever found yourself in a position where you're like, you know, doing something or at a fancy dinner or something and you're like, yeah, just, uh, just shit myself. Yeah, I mean, the, the, 
You started that off by, has there been any funny times? Yeah, that's funny. In, in, that's in, a funny time. In, in the moment, I can assure you, not funny. No. <laughs> De- definitely. On reflection. On reflection. But this is the funny thing with, with Crohn's, is on and from an outside point of view, it's very much a condition where it's like all based around shitting yeah. and throwing up mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. For me, now, I'm so much healthier than any of my friends in that sort of department. Yeah. I mean... I talk to my mates and I'm like, you're the one that's clearly got an issue here. Yeah, or yeah. if you go for, if you go to the toilet in like a service station, everyone else, like it makes you feel much healthier about yourself. What? <laughs> like the, the country's fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, early doors, definitely, definitely had, uh, had some incidents. I shat myself when I was trying to sell seeds to someone at the Eden Project. <laughs> <laughs> Is this before your diagnosis? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. before, yeah, so I was so sick. So you're just like, wow, I, that's, I don't even know what's wrong with me, but I'm just... I was like, I guess that's normal for, like, an 18-year-old. I guess this is just it. This is life. Yeah. <laughs> Got the deal, though. So Sold the seeds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is, um, what's the next, like, the, the next stage for you in your battle life with crimes? So I'm actually seeing my consultant... Um, tomorrow mm-hmm. and I want to at the moment because I'm on double dosages for this infusion to keep me retained so the one, the one thing I should mention with this drug whilst it's incredible I've been on it now for about 8 years mm. and the ten, what they tend to find is around 6 to 8 years uh, most people build up a resistance to it mm-hmm. nothing bad happens it just means the, the drug stops working because you yeah. build up the like, antibodies and everything yeah yeah um, that would be really scary because this mm. is something that genuinely works. So because of that, I'm on double dosages just to make sure it's properly mm. getting in. I want to go down to one dose. Yeah. And I want to change my lifestyle to be much more healthy mm-hmm. because I've done I've done three months of like, there's no one in this world that loves smoking more than me. <laughs> there's no one in this world that loves drinking wine more than me. I can guarantee it. Big fan of the Italian lifestyle. I lo- yeah, I love it. <laughs> But it is the worst possible thing for my condition. So if I can really go far and beyond from from my point of view and like take back get get back into cycling, mm-hmm. stop smoking, stop drinking, go down to a single dose, mm. I think that's the sort of level where I can actually wean myself off the drug. Nice. As opposed to relying on it. Because at the moment I'm relying on it. I'm living like a normal person. Yeah. I eat what I want. I go out partying. I drink more than you. You know. That's it's, but it, I, I've got to an age now where it's just like I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. You know, I've done that. Yeah. It would be I'd much rather be healthy mm. and wean myself off. Mm-hmm. So that would be the next step, and then hopefully eradicate the the need to have surgery. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great position to be in. Yeah. That's a good place to end it. Cool. No surgery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me talking to my good friend Mark from Black Foxes. After the show is hosted by me, Connor Laws, edited by my good friend and St. Angus snare drum enthusiast, Oscar Lydiard. If you like this sonic output that we've been working on, please like, follow, and subscribe. You know, that kind of YouTube stuff. Leak it onto 4chan like a Death Grips album. Maybe send me a tweet. You know, just keep it jazzy. Bye. <laughs>